grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I believe that this gospel lesson that you have in your bulletin for you today is a hard one. And it's not hard for the reason that you think it is. It's hard because it is so well known. Sometimes when we hear or read stories that are so well known, we feel that we know it already and we can just kind of skip by it, which is one of the reasons why I think some people make excuses for not reading their Bible. Because they already know how it's going to end anyway, so you don't need to bother reading it every day. Or you just don't have enough time or what other kind of baffling excuse you can come up with. That's kind of the whole point of this red letter challenge to get you back into reading the Bible every day. So I'm going to talk today about some of the phrases from this week about forgiveness. And this passage from John chapter 8 has this really dangerous line in it. A dangerous phrase that Jesus says that I feel gets misquoted quite often. It's quoted so often in our culture that just the other day, while my wife and I were sitting down to watch Downton Abbey, I know we're behind the times, but we're trying to catch up to watch the movie. When we sat down to watch the last episode of season three of Downton Abbey, Lord Grantham tells his son-in-law this same exact phrase from our gospel lesson today. I would venture to say that most non-Christians would say this one line as the only thing that they know about the Bible. I'm wondering if you can pick out what this one phrase would be. It says a lot about our faith. It says a lot about Jesus Christ. And it says a lot about us as Christians. This one phrase is, and I'm going to do the old King James version of this, because I think it just sounds better that way. Ye without sin cast the first stone. This phrase that Jesus says makes us feel that we are supposed to just simply turn the other cheek. Or just let it be whatever that is because we can't be sinners at our very core at the very innermost depths of our heart we realize that actually yes we are sinners so it would be impossible for us to throw the first stone at this woman or any other sinner that possibly existed on the earth, there's no way that we as Christians could possibly call someone out for not following the rules of Jesus. Because after all, we are supposed to take the plank out of our own eye before we take the speck out of someone else's eye. These are the very words of Jesus. 
The, this is the red letter challenge to go back to some of these words of Jesus and figure out what Jesus is actually saying. In the middle of the Sermon of the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, Jesus says, don't judge, and again, I'm going back to the King James Version, don't judge lest ye be judged. So we're not supposed to judge anyone for anything. We're supposed to forgive our brother and sister in Christ. How many times? Seventy times seven, which of course means as many times as necessary. So we're just supposed to let everything go? We're just not supposed to care about anything as Christians and just forgive everybody no matter what they possibly do to us? That doesn't seem very logical. Suddenly, forgiving one another becomes a little bit more complicated. And we get confused on when we're supposed to forgive someone and when we're supposed to condemn someone because when we look at Jesus' very words, we get some conflicting reports. There are times when Jesus confronts someone and he heals them and he saves them, and then there are other times where he sends people away and they end up not believing in him. So how are we as Christians supposed to figure all of this stuff out when we're not God? How are we supposed to know the very mind of Jesus when we're supposed to forgive someone and when we're supposed to condemn someone? It gets hard. Because it would be really easy for me as a pastor to come here and visit and tell you, well, you know what? You're just supposed to forgive no matter what. You're, you're just a big old sinner that doesn't like to forgive people, and you know, you should just do that. That would be really easy for me to do. But on the other hand, it would be really easy for me to say, you know what? We're supposed to have some pretty rigid standards as Christians. There are some things that are acceptable, and there are some things that are not acceptable. Because what does Jesus say? If your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. Better for you to enter the kingdom of heaven with one eye than to suffer in hell with two. So what are we supposed to make of these words of Jesus? Because either way you go, you can argue with Jesus' words that we're supposed to forgive people and then we're supposed to condemn people. So what we're going to do today is look at John chapter 8 and see what that has to say for this question that we have before us. So I'm going to invite you to take out your bulletin and actually look at these words if you didn't before. We know that faith comes by. Excellent. We are told that a woman is brought to Jesus, who was caught in the quote-unquote very act of adultery. Now, I don't know about you, but that seems a little weird to me. 
that these Pharisees and the scribes, who seem to be kind of the upstart people that are always doing the right thing, have caught this woman in adultery. That seems weird, okay? And so they bring this woman to Jesus, and they say, we have caught this woman in the very act of adultery. What are you going to do about it? Because the law of Moses says that we are supposed to stone her. They just left out the part that you're supposed to stone the man too, okay? We don't hear anything about the man in this story, so you never do. That's right. <laughs> so they kind of give Jesus a catch-22, right? They say, you either have to follow the law of Moses, and we're going to catch you if you don't, or you need to stick to your story, which is we need to start forgiving people. So you have to choose. And my favorite part of this whole story is that Jesus just gets on a different plane, just bends down, starts drawing in the sand or dirt. There's no way for us to know what he drew. He could have drawn pictures. He could have wrote a Bible verse from Exodus or Deuteronomy because I'm sure he knew it. But he just refuses to play their game. He doesn't even go to what they want him to go to. He just simply refuses. He removes himself from the situation until they're, they're like nagging him. Come on, Jesus, what are you going to say? The Bible says that they continue to ask him, what are you going to do? So he finally stands up and he says, ye without sin cast the first stone. silence how are they supposed to respond to that and this this is my favorite part of the whole story and I, I hope i hope you like it too the greek literally says the older ones left did that sink in for you the older ones left the older people in that group Set the example for the entire group because they're wiser. They have more experience, right? They know that they are sinful. And this is the crux of the argument. Did Jesus mean that you have to be completely sinless before you cast a stone? Is that what Jesus meant? I'm going to argue to you today that that is not what Jesus meant. Because this woman, probably, if the Pharisees and the scribes caught her in the very act of adultery, we are assuming that this woman is guilty. If she's guilty, A, the Pharisees and the scribes know that she's guilty. B, Jesus knows that she's guilty, and he is well within his right to say no. You should stone her. She is guilty. But Jesus knows, and maybe more importantly, the older people know that they deserve to die for their sins too. Jesus is not saying that you have to be sinless. 
Jesus is saying to everyone in that circle, everyone in this building, everyone in the world, we deserve to die for our sins. And that's what Jesus came for. So this is kind of the part of the show or the sermon when people expect your modern application, right? So here we go. What do you do when someone sins against you? What do you do when you have been wronged? When we're really little and we have all the children up here, it's really nice to say, well, you know, you're supposed to pick up your toys. You're supposed to forgive someone when someone calls you a name because that is real for them and it's appropriate. It may be appropriate for us too, but as we get older, those situations become a little bit more difficult, right? All of a sudden, we have a family member that just has those little jabs that just really grate on your nerves and they know exactly which button to press every time you have a family reunion. My mother's family reunion lasts for one week. We go camping in Indiana. <laughs> Maybe you wonder why your friend or your spouse even can treat you so contemptuously and you have to live with it. Him or her, every single day what do you do when someone has wronged you even if they have not said i'm sorry what are we as christians called to do what if it even gets worse than that what if there's someone in your life who is openly living in sin something that jesus would not approve of based off of the Ten Commandments. They choose willingly each week to not come to church. They tell you, I do not believe in God anymore. I am going to sleep in on Sundays and spend every Sunday at Starbucks. How do you deal with that? When they are sinning against God, against Jesus Christ himself, when they say, no, I am openly going to live in a homosexual relationship and I don't care what you or the church or anyone says. When they say, I am going to choose to be sexually active when I want to, regardless of what the Bible says or not. What are we as Christians supposed to do? Are we supposed to condemn them or forgive them? This is the option that we have been given. Did you notice in the gospel lesson? Look at it again. I want you to look for a word. Look for the word forgive or forgiveness. Do you see it? It's not there. The word forgiveness is not there. What does Jesus say? Who is around to condemn you? 
chastise no one, Lord. This is it. Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. We have not been called as Christians to condemn people to their sin. As Christians, we have been called to forgive everyone regardless of whether or not they say, I'm sorry. And if you have this memorized, I hope you do. I have my Bible open to it because I was afraid I would mess it up if I had it memorized. So here we go. Hope you all know this by heart. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now who can say verse 17? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Jesus did not come to earth to condemn people. He came to save. And as Christians, as people who say that we are disciples and followers of Christ, we are called to forgive one another and tell them the saving message of Jesus Christ on the cross, risen and ascended for them, so that they can come to full knowledge of faith by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Get out your hymnals. I love it when I say something and people do it. <laughs> that makes me so happy. Turn the back cover of your hymnal. We already said it once today. The Apostles' Creed. We're going to say the second article. So that's the part that says, I believe in Jesus Christ. Here we go. I believe in Jesus Christ. Whoa, 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 whoa. That last line. Say it again. We say it every week. Whose job is it to judge? We can, we can help correct Christians. We can help tell them when they're sinning, right? It is not our job to condemn people. Jesus did not come the first time to condemn people. The first time Jesus came, he came to save people. Jesus is coming again to judge the living and the dead. That is not our job. That is the job for Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, alone. He is coming back to do that. So until Jesus comes back, our job as Christians is to forgive. They will know that we are Christians by our the love that we receive from Jesus Christ himself through the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you're dealing with something in your life right now where it's really hard to forgive someone and you don't know what to do, the number one thing that you can do for someone else is to simply talk to them. 
But I know, I, in my own life, I have people that I have a, should have a very close relationship to that I do not. It is very difficult for me to talk to them because they just, they know that button to push. So what am I left with as a Christian? Pray. We come to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ every day. Pray for reconciliation of that relationship so that we are able to lead them to faith in Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, to love them as best as we possibly can, not by our own work, but by the work of Christ through us, to actually treat one another as children of the Heavenly Father. How beautiful that is. Not because of anything we've done, but because of who God is and what he has done for us through Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior.